Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the LeadX Show with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. Welcome to the Friday edition of the LeadX Leadership Show. We've made it to another Friday edition. How are you doing? Are you ready for the weekend? Are you ready to lead with intent? Are you ready to get a little bit better to achieve your potential? I'm Kevin Cruz, of course, and you could probably hear in my voice, I'm feeling a little better. Back in the old home office outside of Philadelphia, shaking off just the remnants of this cold. I had a great time keynoting out in Houston uh, last week. I go out to Laguna Niguel, Southern California, next week to talk to another group of HR leaders about the future of artificial intelligence and HR. It only takes me about an hour to turn all of these people into AI experts. And I'm not even joking about that. Like if you consider, if somebody knows 90, you know, more than 99.9% of the population about something, I think they're an expert. And in one hour, I can turn people into AI experts. It's a lot of fun. Anyway, in a minute, I'm gonna answer a question about how you motivate volunteers so that they don't flake out on the job. You know, if you're running a nonprofit or something like that, I got a question about that. But first, I hope you go to leadx.org, leadx.org, check out our LeadX Academy. Just sign up for the free trial. It's not gonna cost you anything if you don't like it. Basically what I've done, I've taken everything that's been crucial to me, going from a bad boss, I used to be young and dumb and horrible, and then I ended up winning a best place to work award. You know, you'll learn how to give effective feedback with the BIG process. Discover the power of one-on-one -on -one meetings and the perfect agenda for them. For employee engagement, how can you trigger growth, recognition, and trust? How can you run employee engagement action plan means? There's over 200 different micro lessons on all these things. We just added a career course, how to buff up your LinkedIn profile. You know, I keep telling you 500 connections, 500 connections. You need to have 500 connections on LinkedIn. This is a course all about your profile and, and things like that. We just posted a um, business etiquette course. So new content all of the time. Become a great boss. Be the boss you wish you had yourself. Check out the LeadX Academy at leadx.org. Now, before I get to our reader question, this is just my random blog catch-up stuff. Really excited. On the personal stuff, my daughter still hasn't finalized her college choice. She's getting close. I'll have news on that next week. Still doing my once-a-week workout that takes yeah, just over half an hour. Man, it kills me. I'm sore for like four and a half days after it. It's a good thing it's only once a week, but I'm, I'm loving it. I'm sticking with it because it's so short. I can do it on a Saturday. And work-wise, I want to share some of this back office stuff. I think some of you may find interesting about marketing and reaching people. So we are going to launch for the first time the world's first executive coach powered by artificial intelligence. We're going to launch it at a trade show in June. And so we're getting ready for that show. Now, I used to do back in the day with all my different companies, a lot of trade shows. I haven't done a, a conference, I haven't done an expo hall in 10 years and I'm coming back. And my competitors are curious and nervous because every time I would do, every time I would exhibit at a trade show back in the day, I would dominate the trade show every time. 
usually for a fraction of what they were spending on their mega booths and everything. And the secret, the secret is to offer an experience, to offer an experience. Uh, one year, I, when the Segways were just released, I rented one for like a thousand bucks, not that much. And I rode it myself all over the conference. I got, went everywhere. Everyone was just staring at me and weird and taking pictures and everything. And then I had it in the booth and people would stop in because they wanted to try it. And of course they could only try it after they got our, our sales pitch. When the iPods, the little iPods, the cheap iPods first came out, I was giving away 50 of them from the booth, but you had to come in, take a little quiz on a kiosk, and then based on your score and a random number generator, I don't even know how we cooked it up, you would possibly win one of these. But it's better than a pen, and it was more than like only one winner. You know, 50 people get one. Well, I don't know how many people came by the booth, but you felt like your odds were pretty good. Um, I mean, every year I did something that was sort of a unique experience. So this year, Here's what we're doing. You know, I here's another key about trade shows. When I first started out, again, young and dumb, it was all about like, oh, we're spending all this money going to the trade show. And I would count up like how many business cards are in the fishbowl, how many business cards they would collect, how many leads. And then finally a guy, uh, modern day cowboy, Rocky Lavelle, great salesperson. And he told me he never counts business cards. He doesn't care about that. He says, before he goes to the conference, he creates a list of five names and he just carries this piece of paper of the five names and his goal is to get eyeball to eyeball with those five people. So these are in these are influencers, these are decision makers, these are people that have budget. And you know, if some random person stops by your booth and happens to actually buy what you're selling, that's bonus, that's a gravy. But he would go out of his way to be looking at badges, trying to track these people down, calling them ahead of time to try to set up a coffee meeting. He says it's not about, everybody thinks it's about big numbers to justify the big expense. It's about the small number. So for example, I'm gonna have the coolest uh, technology on the floor, that's already gonna be a pretty cool experience, but I don't want the, the booth clogged up with people that can't buy the solution. So I'm gonna pre-identify the big wigs, the influencers, the budget holders, and I'm gonna reach out ahead of time with a very high-end invitation where they can schedule a private demo of the world's first executive coach powered by AI. And in fact, I'm gonna put up a barrier if they want to play, not only do they have to schedule a time to come to the booth to experience it, they have to complete our new personality assessment online and they won't get the results until IBM Watson reveals their results to them in our booth. So they're gonna answer the questions. The AI engine will score their personality, reveal it to them at the show and give them a free coaching session. And so, what I'm doing is, you know, it doesn't matter if you're not in the tech space and all this kind of stuff. It's all about experience. You know, people will stop by your booth to grab the free pen or the free mouse pad or whatever logoed item that you're giving away. But that's a pretty weak offer. And the real secret here is this has nothing to do with marketing and everything to do with life. You know, life is not about toys. It's not about titles. It's not, it's not about money. It really isn't. Money can be helpful, but it's not about money itself. You know, the secret to life, it's all about experiences and relationships. So, you know, do you want a thousand random strangers stopping by your booth 
and they don't even care about what you're selling. They just want to pick up the little teddy bear with a t-shirt on or, you know, whatever tchotchke, whatever swag you're giving away. Or do you want high quality people stopping by for this unique experience? Something that they're going to remember, something like that's going to emotionally touch them. And you know, you will have done that. Like you're offering the right thing if they're telling people about it back in the office. Oh my gosh, you can't believe I, I rode this Segway. Look, I've got a picture of, they sent me a picture of me riding this Segway. Oh, look at this, it's my new iPod. Yeah, we've been reading about those. Now I got one at this conference and it's loaded up not just with music, but with helpful informational stuff related to my job. Hey, you're not gonna believe this. I actually spoke to IBM Watson. I asked, what do you do about an employee who has bad body odor? And IBM Watson gave me an answer. Like, it's gonna be an experience. Now think about this in every area of your life. Maybe you're not going to trade shows and trying to attract customers. Maybe you're trying to recruit talent onto your team, job interviews, right? So how can you offer candidates an experience that's gonna make them want to come back? You know, most half of interviewing should be them selling you, the other half is you selling them, right? To get the match. So. 99% of interviews, they you, you show up, you wait in the lobby, they call you back into a conference room or a little side room, offer you water, coffee, one or more people come in and talk to you and they walk you out. It's rare to get a true experience. What, at the very least, give them a tour of your facilities, I mean, at the very least. But how can you create an experience? Can you invite a candidate to sit in on a piece of one of your stand-up meetings? Can you invite them in and let them see some cool unreleased product or to try it out. Uh, you know, something that they're gonna say like, go back to their roommate or whatever and say, oh, not only did I do this job interview, they showed me this thing that's not gonna be released until June, or they showed me this thing I'm gonna be working on uh, if I join it and it was really cool. Like you need to make it an experience. Think about your existing team members. You tried so hard and got that top talent, whoever your top superstar is. I know we're not supposed to have favorites, but you know, you got a couple on your team. How long did it take you to find them? How long did it take you to recruit them? How much money are you spending to keep them? Well, don't let them get bored. You've got to be giving them new experiences every year. Now, hopefully they're getting a lot of new experience just in their job, but what else can you do? Can you send them out to a conference for an experience? Can you send them out to, a partner, at the very least, one thing I would do for my, let's say my tech people, my programmers, every now and then I would send them out on a sales call, not because they were needed, not that they were gonna help close the sale, just so they could get out of the office, get some alone time and bond with the salespeople, see like how their product is impacting real companies and real people, and uh, you know, go out and grab some lunch or something. It, it doesn't have to be that, it doesn't have to be a big expensive thing. When it comes to your children, you know, like for me, like this is a little over the top, but like I tell all my kids, like when they turn 16, I'll take them anywhere in the world, you know, for a, a week and change, like just them and dad, you know, just the two of us for like this ultimate coming of age connection trip, which is cool, but you don't have to do it. It could be a three day fishing trip or something like that. Think about your parents. How hard is it to buy presents for our parents, right? I mean, what do they need? They don't need more stuff. One of the best things I've done, I don't do it all the time, but you know, I think it was for Father's Day or my dad's birthday. Instead of a gift, you know, he's a he's into magic. You know, he's like he's a geek about magic. So there was this little magic convention, not a magic show, not a performance, but like a convention for magicians in the Pocono Mountains in some horrible little 
hotel thing. And I got a couple of tickets. You know, they weren't much money at all. And we drove to the Poconos, stayed overnight, ended up meeting this semi-famous magician in the bar. Turns out he's the guy's an alcoholic, so he spent all his time in the bar. And uh, talked for like an entire afternoon with this famous magician and, and heard all these crazy stories and saw all these up close insane magic tricks. And the magician made fun of my dad, how bad my dad was at sleight of hand. And my dad loved it, right? And it wasn't just like getting a present or even even seeing a magic show is pretty cool. But like, this is a backstage pass. Like my dad's remembered this for years about this drunk magician making fun of his sleight of hand. So it doesn't take money, it just takes creativity. And so I'm backing into this story with my story about experience marketing, but it can apply to any, any part of your life. Okay, our question of this week comes from Jacqueline. I listen to your podcast all the time. I run a Slack group of about 200 people. It's a place for online educational content creators to help and support each other. There's no membership fee. It's grown over time. I need help running it. People have volunteered, but they soon get busy and stop doing the task they volunteered for. For example, they'll run our social media accounts for a week or so, then stop posting. How do you motivate and hold people accountable in a community organization? They're really good at providing advice and support. Their general participation in Slack is what provides value, but I need help on the administrative side. Thank you, Jacqueline. Okay, tough question, Jacqueline. So, gosh, it's hard enough to engage people who work for us when we're also giving them a paycheck and benefits and they want to climb the ladder, their career ladder, whatever. How do we motivate volunteers? And when it comes to participating online and everything, you know, there's this old rule of thumb that you know, most people lurk, 10% of people will, will click like, only about 1% of people post content. It sounds like this 200 person Slack community is pretty active and people are helping each other out, so that's good. But it sounds like there's less than 1% or only 1% that, you know, care enough to help administratively. And, you know, this is not a great answer, but Jacqueline, the same rules apply, right? Whether you're they're paid team members or unpaid team members. It the most important step actually starts with selection. So can you select people and in that process pick people that won't give up? Are you, you know, can you pick people in the process that you say, look, it's important that you really do this and not just do it when you want to do it. It's important that you can make a three month commitment or a six month commitment, or that you give me four weeks notice before you quit. Like you need to set those ground rules in the interviewing process. Second is the key drivers for engagement, getting people engaged with their job are growth recognition and trust. We want to grow and learn, you know, can, you somehow provide this or frame this as a growing experience, as a, an advancement experience for your volunteers. Either they're learning something new, they can add you know, a such and such community administrator on their LinkedIn page or something, I don't know. Um, and then uh, I'll, I'll come back to recognition. The trust isn't like uh, ethics, it's like trust in the future. So are you talking to them about the value of their work and how that's gonna enable the group to grow to 250 people or 300 people or to serve more people or to create better content. Like you need to have a future plan that you're sharing with people to keep them excited about staying along for the ride. Third, and for volunteer groups, I think this is you know most important. It's the recognition, signs of appreciation. So are you saying thank you a lot? Are you saying thank you in the public forum to them? Do they get, 
recognition in the group, a little gold star next to them, a little parentheses admin or parentheses volunteer or parentheses superstar after their name in the group. I don't know. Anything you can do to amp up that recognition. And then finally, you know, what I've seen is at any of these kind of guru events like the Tony Robbins, the Brendan Burchards, all that, most of their workers are volunteers. I mean, they're, they're bringing in tons of money and the labor at these events are volunteers. They're former people that paid and usually they've paid more for some advanced program and then they're invited to work an event. Why do these people give up their Saturdays and Sundays to go work for free for Tony Robbins? Well, part of it is what I just said. So there's recognition from Tony and the crew and you know appreciation. They're being painted a brighter picture of like, you're gonna develop these skills and you can move up in our organization. But the reality is they're doing it also for like access to Tony. So they're not gonna get one-on-one -on -one access or anything like that, but they're gonna be in the room when Tony Robbins kicks off the event for the staff or part of the staff training, or he'll do a special breakfast or a special lunch or something of that nature. And so I don't know, like, how do you make yourself famous? But as the leader, as the community leader, Jacqueline, you might wanna sort of put a velvet rope around yourself, like you can contribute in the group, but then have like a separate special forum or meetup or free training or something that's only that you only give access to if you're a volunteer. Again, this is tough. So I ran for five years, a nonprofit association, we would have an annual conference, a thousand people would show up and we would need volunteers. So we'd do a shout out to the volunteers, it was tough to get them and tough to make sure they showed up at, you know, 5 a.m. to help us put signs up around the hotel. But it was the same kind of thing. Like they want to build relationships. If they think you care about them, if you're saying thank you a lot, if you're inviting them to a special breakfast where they get to hang out with you and the staff, you know, they're going to get some social connection and caring is, is along with the other stuff. They're more likely to show up. But let's face it, even when you're paying people and giving them benefits, they don't often stay forever. So there's a shelf life on talent. It's just trying to extend it as long as possible. Jacqueline, thanks for that question. And everyone out there, if you have a question about leadership, about engagement, about productivity, you came here from my time management work, about entrepreneurship, about becoming a professional speaker, consulting, whatever it is, ask me anything. This is an AMA. So just send me an email. I'm at kevin at leadx.org or info at leadx.org or hit me up on social media. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's true, I do have, I don't know, 20,000-ish connection, direct connections right now, more followers. Uh, but hey, I, I take all connections. I love spreading the gospel. Friends, I hope you have some amazing experiences lined up for this weekend. Remember, leadership is influence you are always leading for today. How are you going to lead today? <laughs>